0: Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Right now, I'd love you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. I'm not going to preach for long. How many know we always say that? <clears throat> Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7. Paul He's speaking and he's speaking to the church in Philippi and he says, But what things were gained to me, were being past tense, what things were gained to me, these I've counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also counted all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ. Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered The loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness, which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. These are such powerful words that Paul was writing to this church in Philippi. It's powerful as well when we understand um, who Paul who Paul really was, not just who he was, but what he had come from, what he had achieved. Um, What he was trained in, his knowledge, his connections. Um, Paul was somebody that had um, achieved some things in his life. This is not just a nobody getting up saying, All of the things that I have, I count as nothing through Christ. This is, understand, this dude was a connected guy. This was a guy that could get you some tickets. Paul was somebody that grew up as a Roman citizen, but he was a Jewish man that was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was not just a regular Jewish man. He was an Orthodox Jewish Pharisee. So he knew how to connect with the Romans. He was a Roman citizen. He knew how to talk with them, but he was also an Orthodox Jewish Pharisee. So he knew how to roll with the Pharisees. He knew how to talk religion. So you have to understand Paul had all bases covered. He could connect with anybody in society. He was that influential. They would often use Paul. Paul would address government leaders. Paul would address other Pharisees and Sadducees in regard to issues of the law and issues of the religious law and and structures that they were following at that time. Paul was somebody that had influence. Paul was somebody that had achieved some things. Paul had done some stuff. Paul had rolled with some big people. Paul had seen some big things. Paul covered more geographical and cultural distances and languages than anyone else in the New Testament. Paul, out of 27 books of the New Testament, wrote 13 of them. Paul knew what he was doing. And Paul, when it comes to addressing the church In Philippi, understand that Paul, the Jewish people would look at Paul and would see him as as a powerful Jewish leader prior to his conversion. But Paul, with all of that, gets up there in a sense, but rather pens these words as a letter written to the church in Philippi. And he says, everything that I've done and everything that I've achieved It means nothing at all to me because of Jesus Christ. Paul says, everything that I've experienced, everything that I've encountered before, everything that meant so much to me before, I now see these things differently. Paul essentially is saying, I now have a new point of view. A new point of view. I don't look at the things that I used to look at the way I used to look at them. I now look at them in comparison to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Everything that was of value to me. Everything that I did hold dear and close, everything that I sought out to achieve, now those things pale into insignificance because I've just encountered something that is so much greater than these things. I've got a new point of view on what I used to value so much. And all of a sudden, like the song says, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of His glory and in the light of His grace. Paul said, I've got a new perspective. I see things differently. I want to talk to you this morning about what it means to have a new point of view. A different vantage point on what you're going through. A different vantage point upon what you're experiencing. A different vantage point upon your struggles. It's a new point of view. Perspective is such a... A powerful thing. Perspective is the way in which we view something. That you can view something totally different from one perspective than you would another perspective. That one thing might seem so great when looked at from one angle. But then when you see it from another angle, you see something totally different perspective is so important and what we see in Philippians 3 and verse 7 is we see Paul talking about this new point of view that he has in verse 7 and in fact in verse 8 he says I've got a new perspective the things that were gained to me, the things that I was after, the things that I was seeking for, all of a sudden, they don't mean nothing to me anymore. And then in verse 8, he says, Yet indeed, I also count all things a loss. Say all things. Say it like you're awake. Say all things. All things I now view differently. Not just Things that I used to like, I no longer like anymore. But things that used to hold me back and things that used to intimidate me and things that used to stop me. Now that I've got a new point of view, I no longer am intimidated by those things anymore because my vantage point is different. I now look at those things not as a, as an, as an opposition, but I look at those things as opportunities. He says, I've got a new point of view. Our perspective is so important. And Paul goes on to explain what this new point of view has done in his life. That as he's started to view these things differently, my perspective has now changed. As my perspective has changed, my perspective has led to different passions. Because your point of view will often determine your focus or your passions. And Paul says, now that I have a different perspective, I now have a different passion. There's something else that I'm after, that I used to be after something different, but I'm not after that anymore. Now I have a new passion. And he goes on to tell us what this is, that I may gain Christ. And verse 9, and be found in Him not having my own righteousness, which is from the law. Understand, we've got to remember that Paul was somebody that was a scholar that knew the word of God, that knew the law, that was using the law as a way to try and strive to get to this place of understanding God. But Paul Paul is saying through these verses, I've got a new perspective now. Now I don't see this as something that I have to attain and something that I have to work for. I now see this as something I get to receive by grace through faith. Paul says the game has changed for me. What I I used to strive and try to earn and work for and persevere for. I no longer do it that way anymore. Now I just simply receive it through the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul says it's changed the things that I used to value, the things that I had achieved. He says, I can't talk about those things anymore. And understand Paul was somebody that could have, if he wanted to, talk about some things that he had done. Paul got a new perspective. He got a new perspective upon who he was. That when Paul started to write the letter to the church in Galatia or the region of Galatia, Galatians 1 and verse 1, he starts writing this letter. And as an introduction, he says, Paul, and he starts by saying, Paul, an apostle. And he writes these, these words down as a beginning of an introduction to the church in Galatia. And if you know something about the book of Galatians, what Paul is about to do, because the church in this region of Galatia had been saved by grace through faith. But the religious leaders had started to come in and started to infiltrate the Christian church and started to get them to head back in their mind to an old way of thinking, an old pattern of striving, of earning, of the law, telling the Gentiles that they couldn't receive salvation and righteousness through christ they could that they had to be circumcised they had to go back to the old law so paul writes this letter and he's about to write this letter to remind them that this is not something that you earn this is not something you work for this is something that you receive by grace through faith and he starts off and he introduces himself and he says paul he could have then gone on and said paul the one who is educated, the one who has studied this law for years and years and years. He could have gone on to say, Paul, the Orthodox Jewish Pharisee, who wasn't just an Orthodox Jewish Pharisee, but he was the son of an Orthodox Jewish Pharisee of the tribe of Benjamin. He could have gone on to talk about all of his achievements, everything that he had achieved, everything that he had done, but he didn't do that. He says, Paul, the Apostle, And then he goes on to say not from men, not from men and not through them, but through Jesus Christ. What Paul does with this awesome, amazing opportunity for him to elevate himself and his own achievements makes a decision based upon a new point of view of who he is now, not in his own achievements, but in the goodness of God and through the blood of Jesus Christ. Paul says, I am only Paul, but for the goodness of God. I'm not here because of my own achievements. I'm here because my God has been good to me and He's been faithful to me. And on that basis, I'm going to talk to you right now and tell you some things. I remember when our men did a men's night. I think it was last year. Pastor Javon put the night together and the men gathered and and we asked A.C. Green to come and speak to the men. If you don't know A.C. Green who comes to our church, he's normally in the 9.30, he might be here this morning. I'm about to embarrass the heck out of him. But A.C. Green who played for the LA Lakers, not just the LA Lakers, he played for the Phoenix Suns, he played for few other teams. AC Green. AC Green, he's won three NBA championship rings. AC Green. I was pumped. I love basketball. So I was pumped. I came to this men's night. And I was ready to go. I was coming to hear AC Green. I wasn't coming to hear Jesus. I was coming to hear AC Green. I was, I was pumped. I came in and I sat down there on the front row. They introduced AC Green. I'm like hitting dudes with something. Bro, this is AC Green. AC Green, he's won three championship rings. That's a big deal. AC Green. AC Green holds the record for the most amount of NBA games played consecutively by any player in the history of the NBA. 1,192 games he played consecutively. AC Green. That's what I thought. Wow. AC Green. I can't and I was pumped. I'm like, bro, this guy's about to tell us. AC Green's going to get up. He played on the same court as Michael Jordan. AC Green, what was it like to defend Michael Jordan? AC Green sat under one of the greatest coaches of all times in Pat Riley. AC Green, AC Green's going to speak. I'm hitting Pastor Why? AC Green's up there. I'm pumped. AC's going to get up there. I thought he's going to get up there wearing three rings. That's what I would do. I would get up there with three rings. AC Green, bro, AC Green, 1,192 games, played consecutively because of that record. They called him the Iron Man. I thought, bro, come on, that's bad. That The Iron Man, listen, if I, this, this is why I know God didn't bless me with that type of talent to play in the NBA. Forget about the fact that I'm a skinny six foot white Australian. That doesn't matter. But I know that God didn't bless it because if it was me, I would have come into that night very differently. I'd be wearing three rings. I'd be doing a strut like I made it. I would make my own T-shirt that said, the Iron Man. (laughs) There would be entrance music, I guarantee you. And this boy's not about to walk through the doors. They're going to lower me from the roof in a cage with lights. And I would fling out the door and the music would start. And I would say, the Iron Man is in the house. Why don't you take about 10 seconds and give the Iron Man some praise? That's how I would do it. That's AC. AC Green. It's a big deal, AC Green. Played with Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul Jabbar. Come on, bro. Are you serious? I was ready. AC Green. I thought he was going to talk about all of these things. That was what I came for. I had some expectation. Problem was, AC got up start to talk about integrity i was so disappointed i didn't come to hear about integrity Start to talk about reading your word. What? Talk to me about rings, bro. Read my word. Start to talk about what it means to be a man who prays and covers his family. Start to talk about how Jesus Christ surrounded him and gave him the strength to stand in a world that was crazy. Started to profess that Jesus Christ is the name above every other name. That if it wasn't for Jesus, everything that AC had accomplished, he wouldn't have been able to do it if it was not for the goodness of God. I I left so disappointed. But what I loved about it was the fact that Asa Green recognised that everything that I've done, everything that I've achieved pales into insignificance in the light of how good my God has been to me. I wish we could get that same spirit inside of us. We're so quick to tell people who we are, what we've done, what we've accomplished, what how many ticks are under our name, how many things we've been to, how many people we know, how many degrees we have. I wanna tell you all of it means a big fat squat nothing. If you don't know Jesus Christ and have not encountered Him and His goodness and His faithfulness, I wanna tell you He's greater than any achievement you could possibly have achieve and his name is Jesus Paul comes to them and he writes his name down when he goes to write this letter to the church in Galatia and he says my name's Paul an apostle I like to think of it like this, as Paul is writing this letter, maybe he did it like this. Maybe Paul wrote down that name and then he had to stop for a moment because while we just read it like it's some regular introduction, how many know for Paul, it was very different for him to even write that name Paul because he remembers what it was when he wasn't even called Paul. He writes down Paul, but he remembers Saul. He writes down Paul with his hand shaking because he remembers what it was when he was someone that was seeking out to kill the church, Now God picked him up and chose him to be someone that would build the church. He wrote down, Paul, shaking that pen. I like to think that maybe he even put that pen down for a moment and put his hands up in the air after he wrote that name, Paul, and said, you know me as Paul, but I remember what it was like to be sore and be away from God and be living in darkness and be broken and be hurt. And excuse me while I take a moment, one letter into this letter to the church and give my God praise. Because if it was not for the goodness of God, I wouldn't even be able to write the first letter of this book of the Bible. Because it was God that saved me. It was His power that restored me. It was His presence that surrounds me. And if it was not for the goodness of God, they wouldn't even be calling me Paul. I wish I had some people here this morning that would take a moment and remember how good God has been to set you free and get you to where you are right now it's Paul he says I'm Paul and he says I'm Paul and then after he rose I'm an apostle I'm an apostle I bet he did that with tears in his eyes. He says, I'm an apostle. I bet he paused after he wrote that word apostle and stopped for a moment. and says, can you believe that God would take me from one that persecuted the church to now one that would lead the church? Can you believe that God did what he did in and through my life? I'm Paul, an apostle. And then he says, after that, it wasn't you that got me here. It wasn't from men and it wasn't through men. That's powerful. That shows us Paul's perspective on his situation. He sees who he is completely through the eyes of Jesus and not through the eyes of people. Because as long as we can do that, we will not look for people to validate who we are. Because if I see myself through Jesus Christ, then your opinion of me doesn't matter. And if you think I'm great, that's great. If you don't think I'm great, I'm not rattled by that because it wasn't you that put me here. It was Jesus Christ that put me here. So I don't look to you to validate who I am because you had nothing to do with me getting here anyway. And if you didn't get me here, you can't take me from here and I'll continue to give the one who got me here praise. See, too many of us, we are so busy and hung up viewing ourselves through other people's eyes, viewing ourselves through the looks that we get, viewing ourselves through the comments we get. And we get all pumped up and we get all excited about what God's gonna do in and through our life. And one comment from one person that you've elevated too high in your life and you've elevated their voice higher than the voice of God. And one word from that person of negativity that can cut you down and cause you to question your destiny and your purpose. You need to get a new perspective on who you are and say I'm a child of God I'm appointed I'm anointed He put me here for such a time as this and I'm not looking to you to validate who I am or why I'm here will not you give God about 10 seconds praise if you believe in who you are in Christ Jesus Paul said you had, Paul said you had nothing to do with this he says I love you I appreciate you I'm not trying to disrespect you, but hear me when I say this. I don't need you because you didn't get me here. That's why Paul was able to speak with such power and such authority into their life because he wasn't looking for their validation. He knew who he was. He got a new perspective on who he was. And he said, on that basis, I'm coming to you. Our perspective, our perspective determines our passions because my perspective, the perspective I have, the viewpoint I have will determine the direction I go. That if my viewpoint is distorted, my direction will be dysfunctional because the foundation and the basis of how I began this journey is off. And if the basis and the foundation is off, then the building will be off. See, so many people have dysfunctional passions because of a wrong perspective. That's what addiction is. Addiction is dysfunctional passion, often rooted in a wrong perspective of who you are in Christ Jesus. Because there's certain things that if you had a revelation of who you were, you wouldn't get involved in in the first place that if you can back up a little bit and deal with the root issue and the root revelation of knowing who you are in Christ Jesus, that's why you keep dating morons. Not because you need to find a right guy. You need to back up and establish who you are as the right girl in Christ Jesus. And then you'll stop picking idiots to date and you'll recognise who you are in Christ Jesus and what you deserve as a child of God. It's backing up and establish, I've got to get a new perspective of who I am. Because my perspective, my right perspective, my right viewpoint will help guide healthy passions. Paul says, goes on to say in this verse, Now that I have a perspective that is different, my passions are healthy. And he goes on, these are my passions that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ. The righteousness, which is from God by faith. Paul says, these are my passions now. I used to have other passions. I used to be into other things. But I'm not into those things anymore. Now that I've encountered Jesus Christ. Now that I've had a revelation of who he is, perspectives determine our passions and passions then lead to our purpose. that if our perspective, our perspective is off, our patterns will be off, and if our patterns will be off, our purpose is misguided. And Paul says, "Now that I have a new point of view, a new perspective. I've established a new passion. And because I now have a new passion, my purpose is also new. And he finishes, or in these few verses we've looked at, he tells us what now his purpose is. And the keys can come, I'm gonna close. Verse 10, my purpose that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. This word know is such a powerful word. I think the problem is sometimes we look at these words in Scripture and we filter them through our modern day interpretation of what we think the word means. So we think know as being like an introduction, introduction to somebody. Do you know that person? Well, I'm friends with them on Instagram. We think that means that we know them. It's different. This, this was a different word. This word, is a, it's a Greek word, ginosko. Is that right, Yanni? Yanni said, yeah, but he looked at the floor. So that means, (laughs) means he's being respectful, but I butchered it. It it means, it speaks of a level of intimacy. This word no is the same word that Mary said in Luke 1 and verse 34, when the angel came and told Mary, you're gonna have a baby. Remember what Mary said? Mary looked at the angel and said, I cannot have a baby because I do not know a man. That gives you an idea of what, It's the same word of what Paul is talking about. He says, this is my passion that I may know him. Speaking of a level of intimacy and relationship, this is his new purpose in life. Paul is saying, this is now my focus. And my focus is not even to necessarily understand him. My focus is to know him. Because if I know him, then when I don't understand Him, it won't matter because I know Him. See, too many of us, we think that that just means understanding you. You cannot understand Him. If you could understand God, that would make God the same size as you are. That would make God, His intellect, if your intellect understood who He was. The Bible says that His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. That's why it's so important that we know who He is. We cannot understand what he's doing. But then he says this powerful thing. He says, that I may know him. That will be powerful right there in itself. You could finish the verse there. You'd be like, that I may know him. Cool. And we preach that and we go out saying, I want to know Jesus. Come on. But he goes on. He says, I, just, I don't want to just know him, Paul says. He said, I want to know him in the power of his resurrection and that would preach too. You could stop there. That, that'd be a shout moment, right? We'd go off. We'd be like, the power of resurrection. Yeah, Jesus coming back. Yeah. But then he goes on and then he says, I want to know him in the power of resurrection, but I also want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. That's where we get. We don't know whether to shout or not. Because you're like, yeah, whoa, hey, wait, what? Suffering? See, the problem is, is we too often in church, we live this surface Christianity where we come into church and we ask God, God, make everything good. Yeah. Don't we? We sing the song, God, make everything good. Miracle can happen. And really what we're saying is, God, make my life good. Don't we? And we say, and us preachers, we go up here and say, who wants a miracle? And we all go, ah. <laughs> who doesn't want a miracle? We all want merit. Essentially, what we're doing is we're saying, God, make everything good. God, make my finances good. Make my marriage good. Make my kids good. Make my work and business good. God, I want it all nice. That's what we've watered down worship to be and, and intimacy with God to be. But Paul's not saying that. Paul says, That's not my purpose. My purpose is to know him when things are good and when things are bad. That Paul says, I'm going to come into church, and whether it's good, Whether it's bad, I'm going to be able to give God praise because He's worthy to be praised. And it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I'm going to lift up the name of Jesus because I know who He is and I trust His character and I trust His name and I'm going to give Him praise. Good, bad too often we have this Christianity and this faith that's rooted in good. And we walk out of here and the moment we hit bad, we say, God, where are you? And God says, I never left. The reason why you lost your faith is because you're living on just an understanding of me and not a knowing of who I am. Because if you knew who I was, you would understand that I'm not intimidated by the dark situations of your life. And in fact, I'm a God who works better in the dark anyway. And if you would dig a little bit in the tough times, you would recognise that in the difficult times, there's a great revelation that I want you to get out of this. And if you would praise me when it's bad, you'll know what it is to really praise. That won't matter whether it's good or whether it's bad. That's faith in Him. It's a new point of view. That's what I prayed that we would walk out of here this morning with. A new point of view. That your situation may not have changed in the last 30 minutes maybe it did and if it did praise God but what if it didn't what if you walked out of here and the marriage is still doing what it's doing and the kids are still doing what they're doing and the bank account still looks like how it looked will you still praise Him Not because your situation changed, but because you just got a new point of view that even though it's difficult, your God is bigger. And even though it's a battle, your God is stronger. And even though you feel like the enemy might be coming against you, you know that your God will lift up a standard and it will not overcome you. In good and in bad, I praise You you're worthy this is an incredibly incredibly powerful place to live because you're untouchable in the spirit when you're living like this good, bad and ugly might come at you but you say you know what I've got a new point of view that my God is bigger than all of this And in the words of MC Hammer, you can't touch this. I wish I could dance, I would do something right now, but I don't get much wider than this, but I just want you to take about 10 seconds and give God praise, because you can't touch this. Good, bad, ugly. I'm gonna give my God praise every single time because my God is worthy to be praised. He says, I consider it all. Stay standing, stand to your feet. If you're not, we're gonna finish. He says, I consider it all. It's all rubbish. That's what he says. Don't you love the Word of God? It's all rubbish. It's rubbish. The things that the enemy's trying to tempt you with, it's rubbish. The things that the enemy's tried to bring your way to hold you back, To get your faith down. I'm not saying it's not a big deal to you. I'm not trying to water down how difficult this season that you're walking through might be. But what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to elevate your perspective on who your God is. That nothing is greater. It's a new point of view. And right across this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, there's people in this room And the problem has been, is your view of yourself has been through your mistakes. That's how you see yourself. You see yourself as a sinner. And the reality is, the truth is that you are. In fact, all of us are. But what you're seeing now is that the way you see yourself is different to the way He sees you. That He doesn't see what you've done, He sees who you are through Jesus Christ. But the only way you can walk out of here with a new point of view is when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Saviour. When you make a decision to say, you know what? I want to know Him. I don't want to be a church goer, come to church. That's not what I'm asking. This is not like joining a gym where you come and sign up for a membership. Truth be told, I mean, I would love you to come to this church because I think it's awesome. But if you walk out of here thinking, I'm just going to come back next week, what a waste of time. You need to walk out of here knowing who Jesus Christ is. Because church won't save you, but Jesus will. There's people here in this room that you have written yourself off because you think that what you have done has separated you from the purpose God has for you. But I wanna tell you that that is a lie from the pit of hell, that you are not your mistakes. You are who Christ says you are. And the Bible says that you are a son and daughter of the living God of the King of Kings, that you are blood bought, that you are washed free washed clean and set free. And right across this room with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here in this room. And you would say to me, Ben, I've never actually made a decision to receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and Saviour. Someone in here, you just realised it. It's almost like the light just came on. I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I've gone to church before. I even know some of the songs. I even have a Bible somewhere at home, but I do not actually know Jesus. Or maybe you once did, but you walked away from Him. You turned your back on Him. And you want to also say this morning, I need to get my life right with Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you hear in this room and you say, Ben, that's me. I need to do this. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you are blessed.